More than a pleasure to have back with us the International Secretary Treasurer for the USW, the United Steelworkers. His name is Stan Johnson, and we have a lot to talk about. He's been on the show before. More than a pleasure to have him back with us. Mr. Johnson, thank you for uh, joining us, Secretary Johnson, and welcome. Thanks for having me, Leslie. I appreciate it. Tomorrow is the primary in the state of California, but it really is a race about Democrats. But on the Republican side, there are just so many people that are uh, just unable to wrap their head around the fact that Donald Trump is, in fact, the presumptive nominee for the Republicans. He will be the Republican nominee. I can't even see an act of God changing that at this point. And although we hear ridiculously uh, terrible things about judges and whatnot come out of his mouth as if there's some kind of a reality show as opposed to a run uh, for the White House and for president, um, Donald Trump obviously cares about himself. And no matter how much he makes promises to the people, the number one issue that all voters, regardless of their political ideology, care about is the economy. And there are a lot of people who look to Donald Trump to save them uh, from what they view as a bad economy. There are a lot of Americans who are very frustrating. They don't feel that they have opportunity. They're scared of opportunity in the immediate future. But Donald Trump is not the advocate he pretends to be for workers, correct? He is not even close to the advocate that he proclaims himself to be for workers. In fact, he is, if you listen closely to what he says, and when he says what he says, um, he clearly has a you know propensity against working class people of all kinds. When we look at Donald Trump's philosophy for how he's going to quote make America great again, and I think most of us know uh, that it is great, uh, but it can be greater for people uh, that want more money in their paycheck, want more benefit, and want more stability in a job, uh, want pensions. One of the areas before, uh, you know, we, we break it down, um, I want to look at issues. And obviously the number one concern about people in an economy is how much money am I making? How much more money can I make? You know, do I have enough money to put food on the table for my family? I don't want to work two or three jobs. Maybe somebody would like one uh, parent to stay home with the children. Uh, Donald Trump said the United States suffers in the global marketplace because wages are too high. But when you just Google this information, Mr. Johnson, wages in the United States have been stagnant for more than 30 years. So, A, in addition to fact check, politic check, and all these things calling him out, and anybody who just takes the time to do this, why are people buying into this rhetoric when I think most people know that wages have been stagnant for more than 30 years, and this is exactly why so many American workers are frustrated? That is the whole problem. I mean, there, there is an underlying frustration that's been in the economy for uh, at least two decades. Wages have been stagnant for, for three decades or more. Uh, people are working harder, working longer, uh, and, and actually making less as, as the economy continues to grow. So there is an, a terrific underlying frustration that Donald Trump has. I mean, you've got to give him credit. He has tapped into the frustration and he says whatever he thinks that people want to believe in sound bites and snippets. But when you go back and really look at what he said over a period of time, you learn very quickly that he doesn't believe what he's saying and, and certainly doesn't intend to do many of the things that he proclaims that he's wanting to do. 
Right, because if he really believed just pieces of what he wants to do with regard to wages, rather than being flatly opposed to raising the minimum wage to $15 per hour, he would uh, support it. Um, When he said that countries' wages were already too high, he was specifically talking about uh, not the demands, but the the, the request for a $15 per hour uh, livable wage. Um, This is a guy who loves to talk about how wealthy he is, but has zero sympathy for people who are looking at what turns out to be just $31,000 uh, a year. As a matter of fact, um, the uh, Donald Trump's tax plan stipulates couples earning up to 50000 a year would be exempt from federal uh, income taxes, right? So I, I, don't, I don't understand, you know, I don't understand, in other words, what skin it would be off his back, especially because he's making things in China and Mexico and doesn't pay that. I don't understand anything quite honestly about Donald Trump. And I I certainly have a struggle to understand how anyone believes that they understand anything about Donald Trump. He is adamantly opposed to increasing the minimum wage, which is horrifically low, uh, unsustainable for any family to to be able to dream of supporting their own own family members. Uh, He has, you know, blatantly said he is opposed to the minimum wage. He is uh, opposed uh, to, he is, is for right to work. He is uh, stamping on, stepping on his own employees at Trump International Hotel in Las Vegas, trying to keep them from having unionization. If anyone believes in a, a stronger economy, a better economy, a, a, the ability for people to live well and, and support their families, uh, the secret to that is through unionization. Uh, by and large. I mean, the vast majority of the population does much better in a unionized environment when they can collectively bargain together, uh, when they can increase the way that uh, they're leveraged with an employer, and Donald Trump is opposed to all of those. He, um, when he, as we talk about him being against uh, minimum wage, and he also had talked about us not being able to compete against the world, you know, in this global economy. Um, But to your point about unionization, and when we add to that what the minimum wage is, all we have to do is look at a a country like Germany, which is thriving um, uh, with, uh, you know, numerous union jobs, 15 and more dollars uh, per hour. Um, So when he even, again, talks about us competing with the world, in a sense, don't we have to look at treating our workers better and paying them a fair living wage in order to be uh, competitive on the global stage? The German economy is the most successful economy in Europe and one of the most successful economies in the world. Uh, and it does pay among the highest wages anywhere. So, you know, the fact of the matter is you don't have to compete with the lowest wage workers around the world. You have to learn how to protect your borders and protect the flow of goods and services that allows your country uh, to compete in a global economy. You can't have countries like China subsidizing uh, their industries and dumping their products all over the world. I'm not saying that we need to be isolationists, but I'm saying that we need to do what Germany has done, what many other European nations have done, and protect their own economies so they can indeed create an environment where the economy supports living wages, uh, good retirements, and all the things that we believe that America is about. And one of the things you talked about was, um, you know, lower wage countries. 
Well, Donald Trump wants to make this and keep this, the United States, a lower-wage country. As a matter of fact, he wants to break things up within our own country and make things worse for some families out there who want minimum wage, who would have no job at all, advocating closing Midwest auto industry facilities and sending those jobs to lower-wage states. Yeah, I mean, look, this is a rework of uh, his ideology is really based upon an old theory that actually had had some – strength uh, many years ago, move all of the major manufacturing jobs out of the Midwest, out of the Northeast, move them down to the Southeast and right-to-work environments so people will work for less. Working for less does not make our economy grow. Working for less only creates less wealth and, and the le- less transfer of, of, of wealth through economic spending. It, it does not do what those individuals, including Trump, believe it does it it you know low wages just create a ongoing problem as it has done for the last 30 years and that's therein lies uh, much of the frustration that we know exists in the in the country today we're going to take a break we'll be back with our guest mr stan johnson from the usw pick up the phone and join us 8886 leslie 888-653-7543 i see some calls there we'll get to your calls right after this don't go away if you want to tweet follow me on twitter at leslie marshall Follow the USW at USW Blogger, and that's specifically for Leo Girardi as a great piece for the Huffington Post that comes out every Monday today. Check it out, front page. And also on Twitter, follow the Steelworkers at Steelworkers. And like I said, once again, President Girard's handle is at USW Blogger. The website for the United Steelworkers is USW.org. Quick break and back to the International Secretary Treasurer for the USW, Mr. Stan Johnson, right after this. Stan Johnson is International Secretary Treasurer for the United Steelworkers Union. We're talking Trump, but more so the things Trump is saying regarding the economy, specifically regarding job and wages. Like we said, uh, you know, Trump says wages are too high, but they've been stagnant for more than 30 years. He's advocating closing Midwest auto industry facilities and sending those jobs to lower wage states, and he opposes raising that minimum wage to $15 an hour. We're also going to talk about his opposition to unions, uh, their representation, collective bargaining uh, with Mr. Johnson. Mr. Johnson, thank you for holding. Welcome back. Let's take a call first before we move on to that. Uh, let's go to Mike in Memphis on line two, listening on iHeartRadio. Hi, Mike. Good afternoon. Thank you for joining us. How you doing, Leslie? How you doing today? Good. Um, the question I want to ask, I, I, I just wish we could stop making this false analysis about uh, Donald Trump has tapped into the frustration of, you know, workers in America, you know, about, you know, you know, jobs or whatever. This had nothing to do with it. You know what I mean? He, what he has tapped into is, is the racist thinking of these of the base of the Republican Party, something they've been trying to push for every time an election come up. That's what they use race as, as a way to, uh, you know, rile people up, you know. So I, he has nothing to do with their frustration about, you know, the, uh, you know what's going on in the economy, because if, they, if that was the, the reason they did, they wouldn't be voting, voting Republicans, you know. Why would they vote against their own interests? If that's the case, um, I think it's a you know fair uh, question and remark. Thank you for that call, Mike. Uh, there in Memphis, uh, Mr. Johnson, do you care to uh, make any uh, reply or response to that? Sure. Look, I I think Mike is right in some regard. I think uh, Trump has clearly uh, tapped into a hatred, bigotry, racism, anger, uh, and all the things that Mike spoke about. Uh, 
but he he has also tapped into an underlying anger about jobs in the economy. I mean, he went to West Virginia and he told uh, West Virginia coal miners that he was bringing coal back. Uh, the fact of the matter is, if you opened every mine in West Virginia and started producing coal, there's no place to sell the coal. There's no, you know, because there's because of cheap gas, uh, right. cheap natural gas. It's not about trying to shut down the industry. It's about the the proliferation of, of cheap natural gas. Uh, so, I mean, you can say anything, but but look, I think Mike's right. There there is a group of people, and I certainly won't say all, but there is a there are far too many that the Republican Party has pandered to uh, and and invigorated over not just this election cycle, but election cycles prior and created this kind of distrust and hatred and bigotry and and stirred the pot that that that's what allowed Donald Trump to do what Donald Trump has done so far. I want to talk about, um, oh God, there's so much to talk about here. And it's interesting that, you know, you say uh, West Virginia um, because, you know, Hillary Clinton got a lot of people angry, uh, and rightly so, with what she said in West Virginia. Um, But you just don't see that anger with a lot of what Donald Trump is saying. And and, and just like you're saying, two plus two equals four, and the numbers aren't adding up with what he talks about. And there's just so much doublespeak and so much talk out of both sides of the mouth and contradiction and hypocrisy. Let's talk about unions. We had a demonization of unions, and we've had a demonization of unions for years in this country. And we know that a union and having representation um, and that freedom for collective bargaining allows individuals – to you know, have a pension, to have proper health care, to have proper pay. I want to read you something I saw during the break on Facebook. No kid, kid you not. It says Mr. Johnson, and it shows a woman with a little girl sitting, it looks like, at a bus station or train station. There was a time in the greatest country in the world, if you worked 40 hours a week, 52 weeks a year, your wife did not need to go to work, and you retired at age 60 with a pension. Today, 40 hours a week is barely enough to pay for rent and utilities. Your wife also needs to work just so you could eat. This is a reality for over 20 million families. And this is a reality that he doesn't understand endorsing Scott Walker's efforts to make a state like Wisconsin, as Walker has a right to work, a state which is a right to work for less, um, and favors it in general, not just in Wisconsin. You looking for a comment? Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) Demonization of of unions um, has nothing to do with anything except lowering standards of living, putting people in a position where they can't support a family on 40 hours. This is not about building a middle class. This is about tearing the middle class down. This is about Donald Trump's vision, and Donald Trump is not the first one. Donald Trump is, is a succession of many, many uh, out there, Scott Walker being one, that has set out to demonize and destroy, if they could, uh, unionization in this country because they know and understand that that is what has built this economy, uh, has built the middle class, has built the ability for us to uh, enjoy, you know, some of the working and middle class circumstances of, of stable retirement, et cetera, et cetera. So the, the demonization of unions is not accidental. It is it is intended. It has been contrived, and they have been relentless in the pursuit. I want to talk more about um, unions and 
specifically when we even look at his own track record. He loves to talk about the great work he's done as a businessman, right? But as a businessman, he's refused repeatedly even to bargain with his own employees at Trump International Hotel in Vegas when they voted, after they voted for union representation. He has. Um, and, and look, that's just, a, that's just a sliver of what he's done. He has taken his own products, his clothing line overseas, and I dare say that if we were all able to go in and could afford to go into a Trump property, uh, to stay in a Trump resort, which most people uh, probably can't afford to do, we would find out that much of the furnishings, much of uh, all of the, the stuff that he buys to make these resorts run is bought overseas. It, you know, it is audacious for him to sit and say what he says. Right. We know and understand that it is, it is not what he right. believes and certainly not how he acts. Absolutely. Mr. Johnson, quick break. We'll be back. International Secretary Treasurer for the USW, Mr. Stan Johnson's our guest. Back to him. Back to you after this. More about Trump, the hypocrisy, and we'll talk some tax ideas he has. Don't go away. We are back with Stan Johnson, International Secretary Treasurer for the United Steelworkers. Our guest, he oversees the finances at the USW, chairs the Rubber and Plastics Industry Conference, participating in major bargaining. And he also chairs the International Paper Conference and co-chairs the Georgia Pacific Council and the Midwest Vico Council. Now, he is chairman of three union pension funds. He participates as a trustee on a fourth. He knows money. He knows finances. And he also heads the Rapid Response Program. That's the union's award-winning grassroots legislative initiative. He also directs its grassroots political mobilization program. Mr. Johnson, I dare say you're probably one person I know that's busier than I. I respect and admire that, sir. You put the um, MML multitasking for sure. Um, uh, Stan, thank you for holding and welcome back. Um, you know money, and you know it's all about money. It's the economy, stupid, as James Carville said uh, during 1992's election of Bill uh, Clinton as president. Um, but Trump speaks about money and specifically about taxes and likes to talk about how rich he is, even though he doesn't want to you know, give his tax returns uh, from the past. And talks about how well he's done in business, but he doesn't want to talk about the bankruptcies or the failures. And he also, in this regard, like so many other areas and issues, is very uh, hypocritical. He talks with regard to taxes about CEOs, and he would know this firsthand, uh, not paying any taxes. Um, and as a matter of fact, uh, his last public filing shows that when they became public, you know, we saw for ourselves that one of the reasons Trump's hiding his tax returns is because he doesn't pay a cent. So he is piggybacking, uh, you know, on, quite frankly, the very fears of the American people, which is that, you know, much, much like Warren Buffett had talked about, that his secretary pays more in t- than taxes than he does. And there's a problem with this. Um, so, so talk to us about how, you know, th- this is an area that Americans really care about, that these tax loopholes are closed and that the problems with our current tax system don't benefit just the rich on the backs of the lower and middle income families. Well, <clears throat> Trump, one of Trump's comments, uh, or statements at one point in time was the beauty of me is that I'm very rich. Uh, me and I happen to be the most used words in his vocabulary uh, because of his arrogance and uh, egotistical maniac status or belief in his all-powerful self. But you're right. He, he does not, has not paid taxes, and quite frankly, a lot of us would be a little bit richer, too, if we didn't have to pay taxes. But, 
But paying taxes is what drives part of the economic engine. It's what makes every country work. If everyone did what CEOs did, if everyone did what billionaires did, if everyone did what Donald Trump did, then our, our economy and our country would collapse upon itself because there is a structure that feeds who we are and what we do. There's something that pays for having, you know, the, the taxes pay oftentimes for, you know, city structures that provide service, police, fire, all of the things that we all have learned to depend upon uh, in, our, in our most dire circumstance, in our most necessary time, the ability to pick up the phone and dial 911, all of that's fed by the tax base. All of that creates good middle-class jobs. All of that is, is a part of our economy. And if everyone just stops paying taxes, then there's no way to support that economy. It, you know, it's interesting. There's, um, you know, so much that's going on out there. Um, another thing I got from Facebook over the weekend was that the fact in the 1950s and 60s, when the top tax rate was 70 to 92 percent, so in other words, we taxed the rich, we had so many jobs and so much work in infrastructure and improving our infrastructure. As a matter of fact, in those decades, we laid down the interstate system that we have uh, in our nation today that's badly in need um, of a repair. Um, so we just need to look at history in our own country to see that when when people were working, when we were investing in strong union jobs like infrastructure jobs, manufacturing jobs, uh, it was a better time not just for the American worker in America, but for our economy as well. We can look to history for this. We can look to history, and we can actually very easily look to, to the, the point in history when that changed. It changed with so-called Reaganomics, supply-side economics, trickle-down economics, or uh, as it turned out to be, trickle-on economics. Right. That's when all of this changed. That's when, when they started providing deep, deep, deep tax cuts for the wealthiest in, in our country. That's when they believe that we make the wealthy wealthier and then they will create jobs. Well, what the wealthy did was started putting money in foreign bank accounts and, and hoarding. Uh, unlike some of the, you know, you know, some of the wealthy, the Warren Buffetts, uh, the Bill Gates and some others that have, have put wealth back in to, uh, you know, charity into the economy, uh, most of the CEOs have not chosen to, to take that path. Donald Trump has certainly not chosen to take that path. It's all about building more wealth. It's all about avoiding more taxes. It's, you know, it's all about pushing other people down while raising yourself up. And that's, that's where this all began. It all began with Ronald Reagan. When we look at Donald Trump's um, refusal constantly to release, oh, yes, he released something, but he's, he refused and, and reluctant to release any other tax returns, despite how he promises over and over that he will, and then there's an audit, then he's not going to do it. He thinks tax issues are nobody's business, but they are the business of the taxpayer when he is taking money directly from the taxpayers. And, and I want to cite specifically, in New York City, when he built the Grand Hyatt Hotel, the city gave him a tax subsidy to the tune of $400 million. So how can Trump say that's none of the taxpayers' business when Trump has benefited himself with the building of that one hotel in New York City, just to name one example, uh, to the tune of $400 million, you know, for people that he doesn't, he thinks make too much and for people he doesn't feel are worthy, if you will, when he's running for president to see what he paid in taxes when he took their tax money. 
Well, the fact of the matter is, whether he understands it or not, and I'm not sure that he does yet, he is indeed, as you said, running for President of the United States. The job of the President of the United States is, is not to take care of the rich and the powerful. It's to take care of the masses, the citizens of this country. We have not had many presidents um, since Reagan, certainly no presidents uh, since Reagan as Republicans that seem to have understood that fact. Uh, we've certainly had a president that understands that for the last four years, but we've had a Republican Congress that was adamant about the fact that of not letting someone change the direction that this was all built upon. Um, he, he indeed will be employed by us as taxpayers. He has an obligation to release his taxes, to let people see what he has earned, to let, see, let people see what he has paid. And you and I and everyone else that watches all of this knows and understands that the only reason he doesn't want to release it is because he, we know that he pays little, if any, tax. We know that his wealth is probably not as big as his braggadocious uh, statements have been. And he just, you know, when you, when you create a house of lies, then, you know, the one thing that may bring some reality and some truth to it is his tax return. And so, quite frankly, I think this whole thing is a farce. I don't think he intends to release it. I don't care if the audit is done or not done. Uh, he's got nothing to gain by releasing it. And unless we as citizens continue to demand it, and I think we ought to keep that drumbeat alive. Uh, I agree with you. Um, we uh, need to look into trade, healthcare, Social Security, you know, and other things uh, that he has said. But I, I want, again, just stress this. And, Mr. Johnson, if you can tell the people, when you look at Trump's tax plan, because, you know, you are a guy that knows money in your position and you have worked – um, at the head of a huge organization like the United Steelworkers uh, with regard uh, to um, fiscal responsibilities um, for the better part of your career. Who benefits from the Trump tax plan? Who benefits and, and at the expense of whom? Well, as has been the case since Reaganomics, Trump's plan is kind of that status quo. It is going to benefit the millionaires and billionaires, and you know, it's going to be benefit them at the expense of everyone else, uh, and I mean everyone else. And it doesn't matter whether you, you know, some people might have accumulated a little bit of money over time. Some people might have a standard of life that's, uh, you know, middle class or upper middle class. This is not about benefiting any of those people. This is not about benefiting the poor. This is not about benefiting hardworking middle class and, and working class families. This his plan as has been the case with too many Republican presidents in the past, is again about providing millionaires and billionaires larger tax breaks, uh, more incentives, and having the rest of us foot the bill. I want to talk uh, trade. Um, again, this is something where the rhetoric that Donald Trump has doesn't have any kind of substantial plan or blueprint. And as a matter of fact... Um, this this is a guy that may want to start a trade war, and I'm not just talking about building a wall and having Mexico uh, pay for it. Um, let, let's talk about the hypocrisy, unbelievable hypocrisy. This guy wears a hat that says, Make America Great Again. I have seen pictures online um, that people have even sent me where they turn that hat over, and inside it'll say, H.O. in Mexico or Made in China. He criticizes very large companies like Apple or Ford because they make their products overseas. You had mentioned earlier in the program 
his signature line of dress clothes that are produced in countries like China, Mexico, and Bangladesh as well. And these are low-wage countries. These are jobs that are being taken from the American people. These are jobs that are not only being taken from the American people. It makes it hard for them to have a decent living wage and a job and put food on the table. But it's also making crap, products that aren't quality, which you get when you have a strong union shop in the United States. Uh, Again, how can anybody with with the economy and their wages and trade uh, being top of mind as a voter, regardless of their ideology, once again, cast their vote in November for such a man who has such huge hypocrisy with regard to this very issue? Well, people aren't looking, uh, and that's a good bit of the problem. When he says, I'm going to bring jobs jobs back, I'm going to make America great again, people want to believe that someone will actually do that. But if you look at Donald Trump and what he's done and how he's operated, uh, it, it's not going to happen. I mean, it, you, you mentioned the wall, and, and uh, you know, the fact of the matter is uh, I've got a few friends in Canada, and, and they said uh, there may be a wall built, but it may be a wall built by Canada to keep the Americans out uh, if Donald Trump gets elected. So you know, this wall thing may go a lot of different ways. Uh, you know, no question about it. Um, I, and, I, and I also want to talk about some of his talk, um, whether it has been against Hispanics or whether it's been against Muslims, um, just talk uh, very negatively about other countries or other countries' leaders like Angela Merkel, Chancellor of Germany, a country where we could learn a lot from with regard to jobs and you know, good wages, as we talked earlier, um, or that wall and saying Mexico will pay for it. Um, this this makes a good trade deal because a good trade deal is good. We haven't had good trade deals, and TPP is a lousy trade deal. But this makes um, relationships with other countries to sit down and to put forth and put together a good trade deal very, very difficult for the United States of America. And I would imagine that makes it harder for unions like the USW to do what they need to do in its international partnerships. Am I correct? Well, quite frankly, we've not had a good trade deal uh, that that we could point to and say that it's it's been beneficial to workers. Um, every trade deal that we've entered into as a country, we have had higher trade deficits than we did when we entered into them. So I'm not sure there is a good trade deal, but Donald Trump is certainly not capable, nor does he have the desire to negotiate a trade deal that will benefit American workers. If you're going to negotiate, you can't run those two in parallel. If he says, I don't believe that there should be a minimum wage, and I don't believe, you know, I believe in right to work, I believe in, in moving uh, major automotive from the Midwest to the Southeast to lower wages, you can't, those two things don't come together. There is no common sense that says we can do that uh, or should do that. So he is horrifically inconsistent in his thought process. Uh, quite frankly, I'm not so sure uh, that he sits down and thinks. I think the stuff, the rhetoric just just bubbles out of his mouth, just whatever kind of comes in his mind rolls off his tongue. Um, and, and, you know, it's pretty obvious that's the case. I want to go on to health care. The Affordable Care Act, known as Obamacare, has offered insurance to millions of people or an affordable option to millions of people who don't have the opportunity to work for in a great union shop that you have somebody backing you will fight for those benefits. Uh, Trump has promised to end the Affordable Care Act. And the ideas that he's proposed would increase costs and then reduce the number of people who are covered. Again, 
just a very, very bad idea for America and truly, really, literally for the health of America. Well, this is another place where Trump's rhetoric aligns completely with the Republican Party and what they have espoused. Um, while our health, or the, while the Affordable Health Care Act has not been perfect, uh, it has certainly been better than having you know the number of people that we had uninsured in this country uninsured. Uh, does it need fixing? Yes. Uh, are there some problems? Yes. Can we fix that? Yes. Do we need to throw it out and and have people that you know hit their limits and, and have no longer have insurance and go into bankruptcy? Do we need to have you know millions of people uninsured again? No, we don't need to do that. If we've made one progressive step, we need to step forward, not backward. And all he's talking about is doing something that is truly a significant step backward. But again, in line uh, for the for one of the few things in line with uh, the other Republicans. We're going to take a break, and we're going to continue our conversation on the other side of that break with Stan Johnson, International Secretary-Treasurer for the United Steelworkers Union, the USW. Follow them on Twitter, at Steelworkers. Follow President Gerard, at USW Blogger. Check out the website, USW.org, and make sure you go to Huffington Post, not just to read what I write, but more so every Monday to read the front page. Great blog by President Leo Gerard of the USW. Stan Johnson is International Secretary-Treasurer for the United Steelworkers Union. We'll be back with him and you right after this. You have a question or comment, just one segment left. Call us now, 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. I see tons of tweets out there. I will share uh, some of those if I can with him. I want to get to all these issues because there's a lot to talk about. You need to be informed, especially those of you who are supporting this man. You need to rethink why before you cast that ballot in November. And those of you undecided need to really look at Uh, what he is saying and proposing and what harm it will do the American people, the majority of the American people, the middle class. We'll be back after this. 8886 Leslie's the number. Don't go away. We're back with Mr. Stan Johnson, International Secretary-Treasurer for the United Steelworkers Union. Thank you for holding Mr. Johnson. Welcome back. I want to talk about Social Security. I was listening this morning to um, an interview uh, with a polling expert, and this guy was nonpartisan, and he basically said he was just fascinated Um, that Donald Trump uh, was going to be the Republican nominee. Um, He was fascinated that polls would show people trust him to handle the economy. But across the board, and even among Republicans, people want Social Security to remain, to be uh, funded, uh, to be uh, fully funded. And Donald Trump's referred to Social Security as a Ponzi scheme and you know, he's he's called for, you know, Social Security to be done away with. Isn't it odd that there are so many Republicans, so many people who call themselves Republican, willing to support this man, and even independents willing to support this man, who actually completely disagree with him on Social Security? Now, for people that are seniors, that's a huge issue. But it's not just a huge issue It's for, for seniors, because we're all going to be seniors at some point, and, and we want what we're paying into to still be there. Um, are, are you are you surprised at this where polls say, hey, we want Social Security, and he's like, hey, I'm going to do away with that, and they're like, yeah, we're going to vote for you. You know what I mean? Well, um, look, I'm always surprised because the fact of the matter is when you look at Republicans being elected across the country, most Republicans ha- have been in favor of modifying Social Security, raising uh, the, the age limits, uh, but nobody wants to talk about taking the caps off, which is really where the problem is. Uh, if people continue to have to pay into Social Security after they hit the so-called caps, for those that do, it would make a huge difference in, in the longevity of Social Security. 
it, it, look, the whole thing about Trump is just mind-boggling. Uh, you listen to the rhetoric, the hatred, the bigotry, uh, the demeaning uh, women, uh, the demeaning of disabled people. Uh, it, it, it is astounding. It is shocking that we are where we are. Uh, and, and I don't understand how we are there. I don't understand how people are lining up behind this guy. Um, you know, I, it's, 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 you know, people are trusting sound bites and snippets and they're, they need to explore what he said. They need to explore what he's actually done. They need to explore what he will do. And if people will, will get off of the, the, you know, the 30 second sound bites, and do just a little bit of exploration. You know, Google is a wonderful tool. Go look and see what he's actually done. Right. See what he said. See, and, and you know, what he's what he's done. Ver- right. What he's done versus what he says. Um, you know, he's not a champion of workers. He's a champion of himself. He's a divider. And the word union comes from the word unite originally. And that's why I'm so thankful for the many strong unions like the USW. Mr. Stan Johnson, International Secretary Treasurer for the USW. Thank you.